0: will start. Luke chapter 9, verse number 28, Bible says, And it came to pass, about an eight days after these sayings, he took Peter, that be Jesus, and John and James, and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. His raiment was white and glistening. We know this as the Mount of Transfiguration. Verse number 30, it says, And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias. Now, Elias we know as the prophet, Moses we know as the lawgiver. God gave him the law, he gave the law to that nation. So he's standing there talking to a prophet, and a lawgiver, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish. At there is no doubt here at all. There's absolute proof that when you read this account, we know that Jesus Christ was looking forward to the cross, as evidenced by the fact that this Mount Transfiguration conversation, uh, it's proof. it's, It's a fact that he is. Talking this over now with the prophet and the lawgiver about what is about to be accomplished. There's no doubting it. You can't read the Bible and come away with anything else. Jesus Christ was looking forward to that cross. We got we to make sure we understand that from the onset. Um, let's jump ahead to verse number 43 in Luke chapter number 9. Watch what it says in Luke 9, 43 it says, and as he was yet a coming, the devil threw him down and tear him, and Jesus rebuked uh, I'm in verse uh, 42, the unclean spirit, and healed the child and delivered him again to his father. Okay, new thought, verse 43, where I wanted to start. And it says, and they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. But while they wondered, everyone, at all these things which Jesus did. He said unto his disciples, Let these sayings sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. But they understood not this saying, and it was hid from them, that they perceived it not, and they feared to ask him of that saying. So I guess maybe it was good that I read verse 42, because they're seeing Jesus do all of these miracles. And it's a wonderful thing. If you've ever thought, and I'm sure you have, because I have, wouldn't it have been wonderful to walk around during Jesus' earthly ministry and hang out with the Son of Man, healing people? I'm telling you, if you saw that, if you saw that, you would have had to have believed. You've seen those miracles. But what's interesting about the text is when he goes on to tell them, look, I'm going to be delivered into the hands of men in verse 42. You would figure that after they've seen these miracles. That the Son of Man saying, look, I'm going to be delivered into the hands of men. You would figure they would believe him. they just seen him do all these wonderful things. But they understood not the same. Verse number 45. It was hid from them. They perceived it not. And they feared to ask him of that saying. I think we can all agree there was a whole lot of emotions going on with them. But it was hid from them. The cross was it. They didn't see it. They didn't look forward to it. But you know who did? God. Jesus Christ. He was looking forward to the cross. That's where he was going. And that's where he is saying that he's going here. Now, a practical application we can make out of this. Many, let's stick with Christians, because unsaved people, they don't, they're still in darkness and they're blinded. But let's talk about Christians. The reason our walk with the Lord is hindered is because we just won't believe what God says. This is why we try to take the Bible as our final authority. We read it as it's written, and we believe it as it's written, and then we go ahead and move forward by the Holy Spirit's guidance to get better. Right? Amen. But many times, all of us have a preconceived idea, a way of doing something that we've always done it, and our opinion or our thought or our idea or whatever it is gets filtered into what Jesus said and God said. And as a result, we end up not understanding what it says. We need to be careful of that. If they just listened to Jesus and put aside what they thought, they would have been better off for it. And that's how we really should read and study and understand the Bible. Put away our opinions and submit to God's opinion. Believe it as it's written. But it was hid, they perceived it not, and they feared. Now, in Luke 9, in both those cases, the Mount of Transfiguration, and then right here where we're reading, in both accounts, we can't deny the fact that Jesus was looking forward to going to the cross. He was. I don't think the disciples got it, but God manifest in the flesh. He knew where he was going. He knew it. Let's go Let's stay in Luke, but let's jump to chapter 24. Luke 24. Let's read this account. Luke 24, verse number one. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. Now, they're coming to the tomb where Jesus was buried. And if they really embrace the belief, if they really believe that Jesus was going to raise himself from the grave. Don't you think they would have been bringing some popcorn (laughs) wanting to see that big event rather than spices and ointments that would be used to keep a decaying body uh, from decaying quicker than it should? I mean, what you bring to the tomb pretty much shows your hand about what you believed about Jesus. They brought stuff for a dead body. And Jesus told them, fellas, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die on that cross. I'm going to shed my blood. I'm going to be buried three nights. I'm going to be buried for three days and three nights later I'm going to rise myself from the, from, from the dead. Pretty simple God knew what he was doing he always has and he always will verse number two and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher they entered in and found not the body of the Lord and it came to pass as they were much perplexed why why are you perplexed he told you what he was gonna do behold two men stood by them in shining garments And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? If they only truly believed, they wouldn't be acting in this manner. They wouldn't have been bringing what they brought. Let's jump ahead to verse number 15 in Luke 21. Luke 15. Or, or Luke 24, verse 15, I'm sorry. And it says, uh, as we jump ahead, verse 15, that it came to pass that while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have? One to another as you walk, are you sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered, uh, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not thou known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Watch this in verse 21. Watch what they are trusting in. This is the key verse that I'd like us to get a hold of. But we trusted that it had been he Which should have done what? Redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. You know what they were trusting in? That their nation would be redeemed. They wanted their nation to be delivered from their enemies. They believed the law. They believed the prophets, they had the Old Testament scriptures, they hoped for a Messiah to come, it's all throughout their scriptures, but they were not trusting in individual deliverance from their sin, they were trusting that Israel would be redeemed. That's what they wanted. And look, they didn't believe that keeping the Old Testament law would save them from their sins, that was not what Old Testament salvation was about. They wanted national deliverance. They believed and they knew that their law was attached to their nation and their people as a nation. They were trusting that Israel would be redeemed. Look at verse number, uh, look at verse number twenty five. <laughs> Watch what Jesus says to them. Then he said unto them, he calls them a name, O fools. Now why is he calling the disciples fools? He says, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning Himself. You know why he calls them fools? Because fools don't think right. They don't see right. They don't understand right. And they're slow of heart. Someone that is slow of heart. Especially in this context. They are having trouble perceiving truth. That's right in front of them. Because they're slow of heart. They, those ideas in their head and those philosophies and, and those opinions that they held calls them to be slow of heart and they got evidence right in front of them and they just don't see it clearly and so Jesus tries to help them out and you see in verse number 25 he says oh fools and slow of heart what is he asking them to believe all That the prophets had spoken. They know what the prophets said. Because they've got those scriptures. And Jesus is arguing. Well presenting truth. Through the scripture. Which is what we should do. And all that the prophets have spoken. You know what's all in the Old Testament? Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament, everything that the prophets prophesied, you know what all points to Jesus Christ. But they didn't see that. Revelation 19 says for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy who looked forward to the cross, Jesus Christ and the spirit of his prophecy. To simplify it is twofold. You have his first coming. He's coming to die for the sins of the world and go to the cross. And you have his second coming, which is yet to be fulfilled, where he's going to come as king. He's not going to be a suffering servant. He's going to be king at his second coming. But he he is, Jesus Christ is, Revelation 19 tells us, the spirit of prophecy. So, those scriptures that we looked at in Luke, undoubtedly, who was looking forward to the cross, Jesus Christ. We can't deny it. Now, go to First Peter chapter number one. Look at this. First Peter one. First Peter one. Let's look at uh, verse concerning what the prophets believed and preached First Peter 1.10 of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you this is a future look. And, that, and the prophets were prophesying of what? Grace. It's going to come. And look at verse 11. Searching what? Or what manner of time the spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ And the glory that should follow. The prophets are prophesying the suffering that's going to come. And the glory that's going to come. And the grace that's going to come. In two verses we see that in 1 Peter chapter number 10 and 11. Now let's, there's some meat here in verse 12 unto whom it was revealed that not of themselves, they didn't have full understanding. Imagine yourself being an Old Testament prophet. You are being used as an instrument of God to prophesy for God. And as God is using you, You don't understand it all. Now, that isn't too hard. I don't think that's too hard for us to understand because aren't you in situations in in your Christian life where something's going on and you don't understand why? You just know God's got you in a place and you have not connected all the dots on how and why and what and all that. But you know God's in the thing. I, I would say that a lot of that happened with these Old Testament prophets. They know they're in the will of God, but they weren't looking forward to the cross. They didn't have the full understanding that now we have when we can open up a full canon of Scripture. When they were prophesying for the Lord, did it give it give them comfort? I'm sure it did. It would it would to you and I. Did they know that the intention was future? Yes. Did they have full knowledge? I don't believe they did. Look what it continues to say. But unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you. You know what you've got in this situation here? You've got the apostles teaching about the things that the prophets predicted would be taught. People say, I don't believe the Bible. There's so many prophetic truths that line up that people don't believe in the science. Okay, well, the statistics say that you've got one book you can believe. Just on the prophetic teachings that have come to pass. Undeniable. But the, the apostles are making known what the prophets predicted. Jesus Christ surely was looking forward to the cross. And then it says, uh, verse number 12, uh, which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Do you know what spirit they've got? The same spirit that inspired the prophets is now the spirit that's with the apostles. It's the same one. You know what the apostles are benefiting from? What the prophets prophesied. You know what we're benefiting from? What the prophets prophesied, what the apostles taught. And now we have we have our message. And now we are a vessel used by God. But the prophets didn't fully understand um, the, the true value of everything that they predicted. Go to Matthew 13. This is a good verse to notate in your Bible. Matthew 13, verse number 17. Matthew 13, verse 17. For verily I say unto you, watch it, that many prophets... And righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them. And to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Man, that is a powerful verse. You and I, as humble servants of God, have an understanding That the most diligent of Old Testament prophets didn't have. That's powerful. And all they did for God. How much the more should we. Should we get after it. To be used. To be used by God. We're not looking to be a, a distinguished prophet. We're not looking to have. Our name attached to a book in the Bible. We're just humble men and women that just desire to be used by God. And we have more biblical truth than the prophets. There was no New Testament. They couldn't go and study the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> they couldn't open up the book of Philippians. God, he was going to the oh here's something else. Go back to uh where were we in Luke? Go back to Luke. Luke twenty-four. Thanks, Kelly. Luke twenty-four. There's one, one more, uh, it's right in, oh, actually it's in the first Peter. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. The end of verse number 12, it says, uh, which Holy ghost sent down from heaven. And then the end of that verse in verse number 12, it says, which things the angels desire to look into, what are the angels being brought up with for in this, in this text? I believe it's because it's the same idea with the angels. They were wanting to know more. It says which things the angels desire to look into. We have such a great privilege. The prophets had something that they prophesied. And even the angels desired to know more about. This glory and this suffering and this. That's pretty good. So you've got holy men on earth, which were the prophets. And then you've got in the angelic realm or the heavenly realm, these angels, they're desiring to comprehend it more fully. I thought that's pretty good. So who's looking forward to the cross? Well, we know Jesus Christ is. The prophets and the angels and the apostles, they're all trying to fill in the blanks. In the meantime, God's got his plan in Jesus Christ. God manifests in the body of flesh. He's marching on. He's moving on. He's giving them truth as they go. It's up to them to believe him. Go to John chapter number five, because this is a key as far as what we are. We touched on it earlier. But what we should be getting our truth from and just believing it as it's written is, is the Holy Scriptures. And if the apostles would have just believed what God said, they wouldn't have had doubt. But we're just like them because we read something in the Bible and we don't believe it as it's written. Instead, we have doubt. And and we're constantly trying to put our doubt and our our thinking aside and just go with what the Bible says. But in John 5, look at verse number 19. Uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. Look at verse 20. The Father loveth the Son, and showeth Him all things that Himself doeth. Look at verse 21. The Father raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them. Look at verse number 23. All men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. Look at verse number 24. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. 25. The hour is come and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. Verse 26. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. Look at verse 31. I bear witness of myself. Look at verse number 36. It says, for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. Look at verse 38. And ye have not his word abiding in you. So Jesus goes through all this, this this long dissertation. Because the Jews are seeking to kill him. Because he did something on the Sabbath that they didn't think he should do. So he goes through this long dissertation. And then he says in we're looking at verse number uh thirty-eight. He says, And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he for whom he hath sent, him ye believe not. They just wouldn't believe. And then he and then he and then he says in verse 39, search the scriptures. Well, really? What scriptures? Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. No, they don't have those scriptures. When he tells them to search the scriptures, what is he talking? It's the Old Testament. And what's in the Old Testament? Everything he's talking about. It's Jesus, 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 Jesus. They don't see it. It's there. God, it's undeniable proof that God manifest in the body of flesh was looking forward to the cross. But everybody else, they're clueless. Have you ever honestly had a witnessing witnessing encounter with a Jew, a real national Jew? If you read to them John three sixteen, don't expect that to be familiar to them they may have heard it because they may have you know seen it on a meme or something but it, they're not reading that at all where do you have to search the scriptures with them the Old Testament And if they can see Jesus in the Old Testament. Now God's using it. Because it's there. He's there. The cross is there. You just got to look for it. You got to look for the pictures and the shadows and the types. Go to First Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, verse number one, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Here it is. For I delivered unto you, first of all, how that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And then he was buried, and then he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Look, we can open up our Bible, and we've got all the Old Testament books, all the New Testament books. We've got a full canon of Scripture. The Scripture. Do you think in the Corinthian church, when Paul is speaking this, and the Holy Spirit's inspiration, do you think they're opening, do you think they have one of these in their lap? They don't. According to the scriptures. What's scripture? It's Old Testament scripture. We got to get serious about our scriptures. The old and the new. It's all scripture. It's all for our learning. It might not be written to you but it is for your learning. Look, uh, you don't have to turn there. I'll read you the text for Second Timothy 3. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise in the salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. What do you think Timothy has as a child? You think he has all that we have? No, but the scripture he had, the scripture he had was enough. Aren't you glad we have a full canon? Isn't it easier to meet through things? But we take this for granted. I don't think we do it intentional. I know I don't. But it's not like I've got five passages of Scripture here and then I'm going to mail it to a church over in Knoxville. And then when they receive that, they're going to mail me some other scriptures that I don't have. But, but people had to do that. We don't search the scripture. And you know what they had to search? What they had. And before the New Testament, there was only the Old Testament scriptures. That's what they're searching. I'm saying all of that to say. They're searching Old Testament scriptures to be able to point to the fact that Jesus Christ knew he was going to the cross, regardless of what anybody else thought. It doesn't matter to, it doesn't matter to God that the prophets didn't fully understand it. It didn't matter to God that the angels are looking down wanting more information. It didn't matter to God that the apostles didn't fully comprehend everything that Jesus said he was going to do. What mattered to God was he knew where he was going. It wasn't dependent upon anybody else fully understanding. Jesus Christ looked forward to going to the cross. Last text and I'll be done. Matthew 16. Good old Peter. Matthew 16. Verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, son of the living God. Praise the Lord. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, the flesh and blood, if not revealed unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I also say unto thee, Thou art Peter, On this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's future language, just by the way. Jesus says, as he's alive, I will do something. And then he says, the gates of hell shall not. That's another future language. He's. He's the builder of the church, but when he's speaking this, it's future. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He already talked about that in earlier messages on the kingdom. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he and his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Well, gee, thanks, Lord. You told me all this. Now I can't tell anybody. Okay. And here's the last two verses I'd like us to read, and we'll be done. From that time forth, verse 21, began Jesus to show on his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. Peter is sincere about his rebuke. He does not. Now, come on, Lord. Now, isn't that us? Maybe it's not us with the death, burial, and resurrection. Maybe it's not us with the cross. But Peter was not looking forward to the cross. His will was not lining up with God's will. He says, he makes this break between verses 20 and 21. And the break is, from that time forth, he shows him everything that's going to have to be done. And Peter says, Lord, look, you and I need to talk. Let us not be a Peter. Let us read it as it's written and believe. Peter is sincere in his rebuke. Let me bring this down to a practical level. Do you know how many missionaries would not be on the farm field today giving the gospel to a people group? Brother Kelly can't give to, Brother Eric can't give to, Brother Chris can't give to, and that I can't give to. Because we're not called to go to. But you have a village in Mongolia. Anybody called to go to Mongolia? I'm not. There's an Eskimo village in Iceland. Anybody called to go there? I'm not. You know how many people would have not been able to hear that Jesus is going to go, that Jesus went and died for their sins, was buried three days and three nights, and he rose again, and he all for They would not be able to hear that saving gospel message. If those missionaries listened to the sincere rebuke of family and friends and neighbors. And when, they're, when these missionaries are getting the rebuke of, hey, don't go, it isn't mean-spirited it's look hey we're going to miss you you're going to miss out on the memories here with this you know with this family outing and and you really want to go there i mean it's really unsafe and they're well meaning and their rebuke just like i am sure peter was but jesus knew what he was doing and he knew where he was going and peter's rebuke just didn't line up What God said, and so what do you do? You throw it out. Throw it. Now Peter may have been disappointed, but Peter, he should have known the scriptures. What scriptures? He had the Old Testament scriptures. He's been around the world. He just didn't want to believe what the Lord told him. And you know what we have? A full canon of scriptures. And why don't we do what God tells us to do? Why don't we live the way we are told to live? Because we're like Peter. We don't want our will to line up with the Lord's. I want to live better. I want to think better. I want to see better. I want to understand better. I want to hear better. And I'm sure you do as well. So we all have to search the scripture. I don't know about the prophets. I don't know about the angels. I don't know about the apostles looking forward to the cross. But I know one thing. Our Savior, undoubtedly and undeniably,